0: Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we got an interesting one for you guys. We're going to be talking about Glenn Danzig's Death Rider in the House of Vampires. Yeah, uh, we, we covered his first film, Veronica, last year, and it was a fun movie to talk about. Not exactly what we would call necessarily uh, specifically a good movie, but it was fun to watch and fun to talk about and fun to get into our whole puzzle pieces thing with. And so when I heard that he had a new movie coming out, I was certainly interested. And it turned out that uh, Frequent co-host of the show Joe Black uh, was also really excited about it and was planning a trip to Las Vegas to come see the uh, first showing of it turned out he was also able to see it in LA before he came to Vegas but still I got to hang out with Joe Black for the first time here in Las Vegas we went to the screening and then we ended up recording this episode which by the way happens to be the 200th episode of piecing it together now With the caveat that uh, there's actually like 290-something episodes if you count all of the special episodes, the breaking it apart, the missing pieces, the director follow-ups, the all kinds of other stuff that I've put into the feed. There's a lot more than 200, but this, as far as the main numbered episodes go, it's episode 200. How amazing is that? Uh, so yeah, thank you everybody who's been with us either from the beginning or new listeners or whatever. I just really appreciate that you're out there listening. So as always, I'm going to tell you the whole spiel about how you should be subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Pocket Casts, on Good Pods, on all the different podcast apps. Wherever you're listening right now, you could subscribe right there. So uh, thank you for everyone who's subscribed. If you're not subscribed, make sure to get subscribed. You could also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Good Pods. Follow us on social media at PiecingPod, and don't forget to join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show and everything else going on in the world of movies. So definitely do that. And uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for being with me. However long you've been listening, if you are new to the show, that means there's like... 200 or however many episodes left to go back and check out so check out the old episodes share the show with your friends thank you so much for listening and let's talk about death rider in the house of vampires all right joe black is back with us on the podcast we've got a fun one coming up here joe how's
1: it going oh it's going great just working 14 hour days and Trying to sleep in between.
0: Yeah, I mean, you
1: gotta get it in where you could get it, and
0: I'm sure you're still probably exhausted from your trip to Vegas to see this movie with me, huh?
1: No, I I, I loved it, actually. I loved the whole trip. It was great to finally uh, get to, like, hang out with you. We, we've only met one time in person for a brief moment, but actually, like, hang out, you know, and you took me to that great tapas place, which I'd uh-huh. been thinking about all weekend, and then uh, my wife <laughs> and I, we've just been going nonstop all year, so it was a nice little, like, you know day and a half getaway for us we gambled some money away and she had some time in the pool it was it was it was a lovely lovely trip so so
0: joe was was this movie death rider in the house of vampires i i take it you're a big danzig fan is it is that is that why this was a big uh, deal for you
1: yeah, yeah, huge Danzig fan. Actually, big, big Danzig fan. Um, the high school, you know, like everybody was, you know, like I went to an arts high school, so everybody was into like punk music and everything. And sure, I couldn't really get into any of them, like Sex Pistols and Rancid was actually big back in two. Yeah, but like that sounds about right. Yeah, like I, I, I liked, I had a respect for them. I thought they were really cool. I appreciated what punk was, but the Misfits were the only ones that really got to me because they had melody. You know what I mean? Like, I really liked what Danzig was doing. And, you know, and I, I in some circles, I'm too afraid to admit this, but I really liked the Michael Graves era, too. Yeah. But um, Danzig, I've always appreciated uh, is just a guy who I mean, when he started the Misfits, he also started the fan club and he you know, nobody would record their album. So he built a recording studio and Mm. recorded their first album and then nobody would buy the album so he's like i'll make my own label then and you know released it himself then made his own fan club and made all his own merch for his fan club and you know what i mean sure and and i've i've just you know i've i you know and if anyone's heard me on here they know how much i i love that kind of like i'm just gonna do it myself sure you know what i mean yeah and his way and once punk became its own brand, he dipped out, you know, yeah
0: for sure. yeah,
1: and i I love that about him too. He like he he's like, "I'm getting better, the scene is getting repetitive. It's time to move on."- mm-hmm. So anytime he you know he pops up, like uh, I, I always make it a point to seek out whatever that new Danzig jam is, if you will. Sure,
0: sure. And th- this movie might seem, like, for the regular listeners, like a, a strange one to uh, dedicate an episode to. Um, but, you know, we did do uh, Verodica last year, which was, uh, you know, it, it's Verodica. It's it's what it is. It's a Glenn yeah. Danzig's first movie and is... Uh, It's wild for what it is, but I I was looking forward to this because I had fun talking about that movie, even if the movie is a bit of a mixed bag. uh, (laughs) I, I thought it would be fun to check out whatever he did next, and that's what we got now. So before we get into the puzzle pieces, I do want to mention something real quick, and you might not be aware of this, Joe, but do you know what this episode is? No. It's the 200th episode of Piecing It Together. Oh my goodness gracious.
1: Imagine that.
0: Celebrating 200 episodes with Death Rider and the House of Vampires.
1: Wow, that's amazing! That's (laughs) why do I feel like what was the 100th episode? Uh, Actually, I did like a special bonus
0: episode for episode 100, where Gina interviewed me about like my music career and stuff. So
1: yeah, I haven't heard that one yet.
0: Yeah, no, that was fun. That was fun. I was gonna do something special this time around, but I was like, you know what? Death Rider's coming up. I think it fits. I think
1: that's wonderful I think that that's a bold statement and Mm -hmm. in a in a in a time of movies right now where everything is either like trying way too hard to be different and or is like movies are also just kind of finding out how to be like you know conventional again sure like I love it like throw throw in you know danzig that's 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 the perfect uh, anecdote to what's going on right now
0: <laughs> absolutely congratulations on the 200 episodes that's insane hey thank you so much man and thank you for being here for it it's awesome but uh let's start jumping into some pieces here for this movie this crazy movie what do you got for your first piece
1: okay my first piece uh is a half cheat because so like found out about the screening how it was going to open in vegas a week before la so immediately David and I, we, we collaborated and I was like, I'm going to come out and see it a week early. But then like that, like Friday, a couple days later, I found out that the LA premiere was actually the night before mm-hmm. its release in, in Vegas. So I went, I, I couldn't wait. I, so I went to the premiere and uh, I got to bump into Danzig and Danny Trejo and, um, and I got a cool poster, but watching the movie, at the beginning, the scene with Danny Trejo, the very opening, I was like immediately, I was like, oh, he's he's definitely doing a uh, good, the bad, and the ugly, the mm-hmm. Eli Wallach Clint Eastwood relationship for sure. Like sure. like the the taunting kind of whatever. I call it a bit of a cheat because Danzig did a Q and A afterward where he talked about that, how like the opening was his homage to good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs>
0: sure. Well, and, and I, I think it's it needs to be in the conversation, though. You know, I think spaghetti westerns in general need to be in the conversation. I think the, the funny thing about what Danzig seems to be doing here is, you know, with the spaghetti western kind of like copying, you know, what the western is, and then it, it kind of comes back around full circle with Glenn Danzig copying the spaghetti western and right. it kind of like degrades a further level, like it like, you know, <laughs> turns it into a totally
1: different thing, you know? Um, but it's through that weird prism kind of. Right. No. Well he said too, like, yeah, he was like, it's all about my love for spaghetti westerns and the the score is uh Ennio Morricone meets uh Link <laughs> Ray. You know, he sure. was saying all this. But like What you can tell from watching the movie is that Danzig doesn't really like know a lot about movies like and not Mm. (laughs) I don't mean about making them, but like it would be like if I tried to make music, you know what I mean? Like as much as I love music, I don't know jack shit about music and like, you know, Mm. he's he's busting out all the classics like at the end of the Q&A, they asked him, what's your favorite Western? And he was like, once upon a time in the West, you know, it's like, okay, Mm. you know what I mean? So like he's just a. He's just playing a hit, you know? Sure. But Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, among other spaghetti westerns, for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll go to my first puzzle piece here, and this one kind of, you know, initially right from the trailer, I was like, oh, it seems like this is kind of the direction that he's going to be going, and I feel like... It definitely is the direction he was going. And that's Robert Rodriguez from Dust Till Dawn, uh, 1996. Uh, maybe a little more specifically, it's direct to video sequels, which I don't know if I've ever actually seen any of.
1: Uh, I see you seem to be excited about that. That was those one sequels. of my pieces. It was three okay.
0: uh, from Dust <laughs> Till Dawn
1: three um yeah uh the hangman's daughter because that's the um that's the western yeah yeah
0: that's like the straight up western one yeah I think I did see that one like I'm pretty sure I rented both of the sequels and watched them back to back one you know drunken or stone night yeah
1: they came out they came out like same time and they were both shot at the same time too Mm -hmm. my buddy Dwayne Whitaker actually I'm actually friends with both of them man that's funny my my buddies Dwayne Whitaker and Scott Spiegel wrote from Dust till dawn too and Dwayne is in that one. Mm. And they they shot simultaneously um in South Africa, I believe, is where they shot those movies. Okay. I didn't care for three personally, but it definitely is more of a piece for uh for, for this movie <laughs> for sure. Sure. Absolutely. What I really like about the 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 twist on it that Danzig did was everybody knows at least the first from Dustled Don is a strip club full of like, you know, vampire strippers or whatever. Absolutely. I like that this movie does the reverse. Where mm-hmm. this is a brothel for vampires, mm-hmm. like, and the women who get brought in are human so that they can have their, like, you know, uh, sexual desires and feast on them. Sure. Like, that's, I, I thought that that was a, a a cute little reverse engineering.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that is a fun, uh, I, I I struggle to say unique because, I mean, it it's clearly, like, you know, the the same kind of a thing but i mean it is right. a little bit of a spin on the idea
1: right it, like i said it's just kind of a reverse engineering you know what i mean it was like it's like that joke that i messaged to you earlier when i said let's do a sparks cover band called scraps like it's sure. like it's it's literally you know what i mean it's just a mirror yeah. um but like i but it worked for me you know what i mean yeah. it, it, it was it was a fun little it was a fun little reveal to see fred Armisen you know in his cameo take a bite out of some innocent like that was funny
0: yeah it was fun Uh, All right. Well, I'll go to my next piece then. Uh, And I'm going to stay in 1996 with the Tales from the Crypt movie Bordello of Blood Mm -hmm. starring Dennis Miller uh, and a brothel run by vampires written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale. I didn't know that until I uh, looked it up just now for my puzzle pieces. But wow, that's crazy. Well, that whole show Uh, was theirs. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. and and I, I didn't realize, because that movie, like, those movies, they just kind of just went into the dumps, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. I, I don't know, and so it's, like, kind of just funny to think that that they're still involved with that stuff, but, uh, but yeah, I, I started to rewatch it, actually, the other day, because I remember I actually liked it at the time as a 16-year-old, because, I mean, come on, gore and <laughs> boobs, and you know, and yeah. and uh, it, it was, it's what it is, you know, the movie is what it is. I was surprised, though, that it had some pretty fun gore effects, like practical gore effects and stuff like that. And it, it did kind of go there, at least in that opening setup. Uh, the opening scene had a lot of really fun like faces uh, inflating with blood and eyes popping and whatnot. Some of that was fun. And there was a couple of fun scenes like that in uh, in this movie too, in Death Rider, when they uh, poured the liquid, what was it, liquid metal or something? Liquid silver. The, liquid silver, that's right, in, into the vampire's throats. So yeah, there, there's some fun uh, comparisons to be made there.
1: Yeah, Bordello Blood. I saw both that and Demon Knight when I was a kid. And um, I didn't like Bordello Blood as a kid. I think I just didn't like that spoilers, if you see it, uh, that uh, Dennis Miller dies at the end, like that last final twist in the car, that mm. she's like, I was like, even as a kid, I was like, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, I always <laughs> hated endings like that. You know what I mean? Like, I just thought uh. they were so lame and cheap. But Demon Knight, I liked way more, but that's because I've always just been a, a fool for Billy Zane.
0: Of course, he's
1: the um, man. Getting to see him play, like, a redneck genie of sorts, like, like <laughs> they really knew what I wanted when I was a kid. Um, sure. <laughs> well, you talked about, like, the the death, the liquid silver, and creativity. I guess I'll do uh, one of my other puzzle pieces um, that with a similar, like, the the connection is the deaths, is have you ever seen... The John Landis film, uh, *Innocent Blood*. No, I haven't even heard of that one. It's it's you know it's interesting. Like I'm I'm a huge John Landis fan, um, mm. for better or worse. Like I I love all of his films, um, except for *Oscar*. Um, mm-hmm. and it, I used to say I love all of his films except for *Oscar* and *Innocent Blood* because okay. when I was when I saw it when I was younger, I just thought it was awful. It's uh. um, but when it came out on Blu-ray and I rewatched it as a, an adult now who could appreciate things like a vampire mobster movie. It was terrific. It's, and that's what it is. It's, it's his, it's his, it's a gangster movie with vampires. And, um, Don Rickles is like the henchman to this gangster, right? Uh, played by a Robert Loggia. Okay. Um, who he wants to be a vampire because he's like, oh, he's like the head gangster. But he's like, oh, that'll make me the most powerful man in the world. But like Don Rickles, he he like kind of like tests his vampire power. He drinks from Don Rickles first, who's like his little weasel. Right. Nice. And there's this brilliant scene in the movie where Don Rickles is in a hospital bed because mm-hmm. like, of course, people find him like, oh, we got to save his life. But he's in the hospital bed and he wakes up and he's a fucking vampire. And the nurse who's in his room is like got her back to him and he's like going toward her and he's gonna bite her. But at the last second she opens up the blinds of her uh of the room and sunlight comes in and he fucking ah, you know, right? Yeah. But it's actually like terrifying because he doesn't just like poof into smoke. He literally like cracks and breaks open and turns to ash slowly, and like a couple of orderlies come in, not knowing what's going on, and they try to like push him you know like pin him to the bed but his arms end up ripping off because of it you know what i mean it's like and that's how the deaths are in death rider mm. um like it, it like the deaths every single one of them whether it's a steak in the heart or drinking silver or whatever or the sun uh cooking what's her name mia whatever her name is it is that slow like we almost get to like relish in it like where they like their skin starts to crack and it like it ashes up and then they begin to break open and they you know incinerate it's a
0: fun them. effect for sure
1: yeah and and somehow it works every time and <laughs> literally that's the whole second half of the movie yeah is right. just that happening a lot and it yeah it worked for me but yeah innocent blood and one of the main reasons i bring it up is just cuz like i really recommend it to people it's like it's like it was his follow up to oscar if i'm not mistaken and um it's 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 one that like I regret all the years of shit talking because it's actually like brutal and really funny. Um, if you like, I'm gonna John have Landis.
0: To, I'm going to have to watch that for sure. I, I just watched three amigos for the first time since I was a kid uh, just a few weeks ago. And so good.
1: So good. My wife and I actually on their drive home from Vegas, we we like to play car games. And she was like the game she wanted to play. She's like, OK, I'm going to name a movie that's getting remade and and we have to cast it. Okay. And we just watched three amigos recently as well. So she said three amigos. And I think that if I'm remembering correctly, the three we came up with was Danny McBride as Steve Martin, mm. which is a different take. You know what I mean? Sure. But like comedy's different now. And I think that, you know, he's proven himself to be the, like the good dumb leader. Sure. Um, and I'd rather see him do that than Will Ferrell. And mm. then the Channing Tatum is who we had for, um, for Dusty.
0: Okay. I can um, see that.
1: And then for Ned, We kind of were like trying to figure it out, but I think we landed on Jay Baruchel. I could see that.
0: Jay Baruchel doesn't do too much lately, though. Right. But here's the thing.
1: This is why I married her. My wife, last minute throws in this, she goes, this all works as long as uh, Benicio Del Toro plays El Guapo. (laughs) Sure. And I almost (laughs) wrecked the car, because I want to see that movie.
0: Oh, that sounds wonderful. Absolutely. Mm Well, I'll go to uh, another piece here. Uh, I'm going to go with Mel Brooks' Young Frankenstein. You know, the influence of classic horror films, hammer horror films, filtered through what's meant to be a comedy or make us laugh, or at least it seems like it. It's hard to tell exactly with Tanzig what his intentions are uh, for making it, but I I have to imagine he's in on the joke to a degree and and is trying to make us laugh with all this. And so, yeah, using using those classic horror movies, and especially the, uh, what's his name Julian Sands. Uh, yeah, Count Holiday. I mean, that is like
1: classic, like that kind of like ha- hammer horror stuff. He took it so seriously because he was part of that Q and A afterward at the premiere that I saw, and he was like, he was like, when I got the script, I thought the character was so wonderfully written and, and and so interesting and I had discussions and when I had Glenn Danzig was directing it as well. I, I loved the misfits and I saw tonight for the first time and I could not be prouder of what we accomplished. You know It's amazing. Yeah, I was like, good for you dude because you know, yeah, like that's the big, you know, question. Is it a joke? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's a joke as much as Danzig is just like gleefully being an asshole. Uh-huh you yeah. know what i mean he's just having a ball like that's yeah. that's what i think it is you know which what I mean? is still like,
0: not taking it serious you know sure still, sure it's still di- different from a serious take on the, the subject matter
1: sure like more than anything you get the idea that this is just a bunch of buddies who got together just to you know you know be assholes for a couple of weeks you know he what i mean spe-
0: especially every time danzig is on screen he's, he's just he's eating it up every time he's on that screen
1: he's the best actor in the whole thing sorry Devin sawa <laughs> but he, he really is <laughs> I've been saying it for years that w- that the Watchmen, the movie, the Zack Snyder, uh, I use movie in quotes because, mm. but um, <laughs> take that, Chad. Uh, but uh, I've always said that I wanted Glenn Danzig to play Rorschach. Yeah, Be- because that he is Rorschach. He's short. He's ugly. He's an anarchist Republican, and he'll fuck you up. <laughs> like, and this movie proves that he can act. So.
0: Oh, man, you know? I, I want to see that version of that. That's, that's awesome. It,
1: the beauty is it's never too late. I saw The Irishman. Danzig could play Rorschach for another 20 years as long as we get the same computer face thingy.
0: Yeah, sure, why not? Let's do mm-hmm. it. Well, uh, do you have any other puzzle pieces?
1: I do. I, I saved my favorite one for last. Um, okay. So I hate westerns. Not okay. as much as I used to, but I just they annoy the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's like three different stories you can tell and they're kind of like puritanical, like, you know, um, propaganda kind of I just I just don't like them. Like, Mm -hmm. but there is a a few years ago, seven years ago, I made a Western called Hate Horses and I did it because I don't like Westerns. And I was like, well, let me try to make one. And in doing like pre-production for that movie, I watched 200 Westerns. Like for a lot
0: of Westerns
1: for, for six months, I just had, you know, Westerns on, on a loop whenever I was home, I didn't like sit down and actively watch all of them, you know what I mean? Uh But if one caught my attention, but the one Western that I've always been intrigued by my whole life is a film my dad showed me when I was very young called Zachariah and Zachariah is a movie from 1968 and it was a bunch of Southern rockers who got together like country Joe and the fish and the James gang and a handful of others. And they made a Western and they called it an electric Western. And the tagline is the first electric Western. Mm. And it's your typical like Western story, you know, and, and Don Johnson, I think it actually is his first film. He plays like the main character's best friend who betrays him. Huh. Um, it's your typical Western story set in the old West, but the rock bands are in it either as characters or Or they just pop up to play musical pieces for the score, but they're in the movie. So, like, they're in the middle of, like, a shootout in a saloon, you know, and, like, Country Joe and the Fish are, like, rocking and rolling with their electric guitars and shit like that. It's a rock and roll-fueled Western, and, like I said, they called it the first electric Western, and then... There was never another electric western, sure, um, yeah. until "Hate Horses, Motherfucker." Nice, because "Hate Horses." <laughs> we 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 made the tagline the second electric western. Um, Perfect. But uh, yeah, so Danzig, I mean, like I've got to assume that like he saw Zachariah and the idea of fusing his kind of rock and roll sensibilities with a western. You know what I mean? That had to have been an influence on him for sure.
0: Didn't didn't you tell me that during the Q and A he said that he had already like done or at least
1: started the score? His, his, his <laughs> he said score. he said he was pretty sure that he finished the score before he even had twenty pages written. And my my thought, my first thought when he said that was that script is more than twenty pages long. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> like i can't imagine yeah oh but the the score what's so funny is like i mean you probably picked up on it more than me but for me i hear like two different pieces of music in that right movie. right and, yeah but i you know that opening 10 minutes where he's just playing that song on a loop like i could listen to that for an hour yeah like i love that opening song and then to go from 10 minutes of music with him walking around the desert to a random scene where he punches danny trejo and ties him up to more walking with like quietness and music and then the credit sequence has no music amazing he's a genius
0: by the way yeah that scene <sighs> I gotta say, at the end of the year, uh, when we do our top 10 list, uh, this movie will be nowhere near my top 10 <laughs> list, but, but I always do, at the end, me, Josh Bell, Jason Harris from Awesome Movie Year, we always do our top 10s, all three of us, and I always have them do uh, two of their favorite scenes of the year, and spoiler mm. alert, but those opening credits are probably going to be yes. one of my favorite scenes. To To have a, that's oh, that... Credit, I'm not talking about the opening with the girl on the horse, but the actual uh, titles right. um with with no music but just sound effects it, for like five minutes of that is just one of the yeah. weirdest things I've seen in a long time, and, and like
1: iMovie quality sound effects too. <laughs> yes, like absolutely. like the same like fifteen second wind loop. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's good so You know good. You just oh, reminded man. me when you said, like, you know, how this is nowhere near in your top ten, but favorite scenes of the year. I don't know why it just popped in my head. Maybe it's because for over a year now I've, I've felt bad for making you watch Southland tales, but (laughs) entertainment weekly when they did their end of the year awards, the year that Southland tales came out, they had a special category where they said, um, best scene in a terrible film. Mm. And the winner was the Justin Timberlake killers, uh, musical sequence. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. That's a good sequence. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I'll go with one last piece, a pretty obvious one, but, uh, This movie, if you were to describe it to someone who doesn't really know what to expect from it, I think a pretty good description would be, picture one of the fake trailers from Tarantino and Rodriguez's Grindhouse and spread it out into a whole movie. That's kind of what this movie is. So I'm going to say Grindhouse as a puzzle piece here, even though it's a pretty obvious thing for what is essentially a Grindhouse style movie. uh, It's a pretty obvious thing to cite, but I just think it would have fit
1: so well in that particular movie. Absolutely, I still am waiting for Werewolf Women of the SS, though. Oh yeah, like that, like more like when they were like, "We're making machete." I'm like, okay, like yeah. Can, well, can machete
0: it was a great idea. So I, mean... I like the
1: second one. Yeah, because they put my lady in it. The lady guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, she had her own poster. I think I think it took them longer to print the poster than it did than she had screen time. In that movie, bastard. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great one. See, if somebody came to me like asking about the movie and they didn't know what to expect, I would just tell them don't watch it. (laughs) Like, I'd be like, if if if, if not not because it's bad, you know what I mean? Like, no, because it is what it is, and I don't think that if you're not ready, like, if you don't know what you're about to get into, if you don't, then you're not going to enjoy it. You you know what I mean?
0: No, that's absolutely fair. Yeah,
1: even more than Verotica, because Verotica, what's cool about Verotica is that like there's a lot going on in that movie and if you're not digging it then like 30 minutes you know every 30 minutes they change it up on you you know what i mean and the premises in Veronica are so outlandish you know what i mean like the woman who has eyes for nipples you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like we've seen vampires in the west before as much as Danzig seems to think we haven't um you know what i mean so like that could be very dull right out of the get-go but at least in Veronica, there's shit in there that you're just like if you're totally a novice to you're just like well you know yeah but no death Riders is so funny because it's like he obviously figured out what he wants to do as a as a filmmaker and as much as i love him i mean i maybe got one more of these in me like <laughs> you, you know what i mean like you
0: say that you say that but i feel like you'll keep watching them
1: well of course i'm i'm i'm, I'm yeah. nothing if if not a liar um but like i i i'll give him the benefit of the doubt one more time with one of these what would be so dope though is if the next movie he comes out it's just like this epically well-made movie like it you know what i mean like we're talking like like early scorsese like era like you know mean streets level where you're just like where did this come from who gave him a dolly he knows how to use (laughs) one of these That'd be so I'm cool.
0: I'm, re- I'm ready for it. I'm definitely Please. ready
1: for it. I'm ready for Devin Sawa. I'm ready for Devin Sawa to continue this trend of working with uh with rock stars turned directors. You know what I mean? Because I know. like uh, he did Fred Durst's movie um The Fanatic. Right, I, right. I actually think that that movie has a lot of merit. I think that that's kind of a a great little indie underground gem. Like I love mm. that movie actually. Um, and then you got dancing with this one. I mean, there's only one place left to go. Devin and that's Rob Zombie yeah you, you know what I mean I'm so, sure
0: I'm sure he's trying to get in touch with him at this moment like it's Rob be Zombie's happening. trying to get in touch with
1: him or vice versa yeah
0: I, I think Rob Zombie's trying to get in touch with him because I mean he's he's perfect for his movies so
1: I I like to picture it like that old McDonald's commercial where the two old fishermen each find out that there's a new sandwich and they keep trying to call each other Do <laughs> you remember that commercial no, and they get the but... they get they get the busy signal that's and they're amazing. like, ugh. And you're like, they're never going to get their sandwiches.
0: That's uh. <laughs> the golden age of advertising, right there, for
1: sure. Yeah, the grumpier old men era.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and do the finished puzzle here and we'll get into some closing thoughts. But mm-hmm. we talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly from Dust Till John, the entire trilogy uh, Bordello of Blood, Innocent Blood, Young Frankenstein. Zachariah and the Grindhouse movie Joe are there any things that we didn't quite get to that you wanted to bring up here
1: No no I I think that I think that the uh movie speaks for itself and uh, <laughs> if you don't want to engage with it then just don't <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean um I will admit that I I do admire his kind of like he he talks specifically about how this movie's coming out in theaters exclusively Mm. um before VOD he's not doing the VOD route and i'm like oh that's cute yeah um, he's like this is how movies are meant to be seen like in a theater and i'm like this ain't a movie my kind of guy but wrong yeah. project <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like Jeez. you know like like i was saying in an in, in an era of like you know movies being the, like conventional at best i mean like this year like i told you like snake eyes and fucking jungle cruise are like two of the most competent movies i've seen all year I mm. at least appreciate somebody being themselves. I guess mm. is the best way to say it. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, like, like. I, I appreciate like the no compromise mixed with like the playfulness. You know, mm-hmm. I I would much rather watch this movie than fucking Annette. You know what I mean? Like Annette is so labored and forced, and this movie is so like, you know. Yeah, they they were just hanging out, and somebody turned on the camera.
0: Sure, I think that's uh that that is a good description of this movie. But uh, the only other thing I wanted to bring up is uh, just tell a quick little story about when we were walking out to the car afterwards. Do you remember uh, <laughs> we, we we walk out th- this particular theater here in Las Vegas? We we park in the back behind this mall, and we get outside, and there are Danzig fans dressed in like old <laughs> punk like leather type outfits and stuff kind of spread out like almost looked like a Walter Hill movie or like a 80s hair <laughs> metal you know like they were just spread out and they were like how was the movie we're did just, you guys see Dead and <laughs> when is the last time that's happened to you like you don't walk out of a marvel movie and there's not marvel fans standing outside the theater asking yeah, that
1: like yeah ugh. never well what I find doubly funny about this is that you and I, neither you or I, look like we just went to go see Death Riders. No, not. And at all. I also do want to point out to the uh, to the listening audience that it was so funny. I noticed when we were walking into the restaurant that we were dressed the same. Yes, we true. had the same. We had the same uh, colors going on: gray shirt, the movie and, guys. Uh, yeah, it was that was pretty funny. Like we we looked like twins. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Your hair was curlier. Yes, but yes, that's the sure. only difference.
0: well uh joe it sounds like you haven't seen a lot lately that you'd like to recommend but is there something you watched recently uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. because i watch movies
1: at home um i am late to the party 43 years late to the party but danger diabolic um is so good that 25 minutes into it i had to turn it off because i'm like i get it you're the best movie ever made i'm I'm, that's fine (laughs) i haven't finished it yet but like it's the best i also watched heavy metal 2000 which I had never seen. Yeah. I've and never seen that. Yeah. It's great. Huh. It's great. It's, 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 I think I've talked to you about this. I have this list of movies where it's like, if you watch this movie and didn't like it, then like, that's kind of your fault. Hmm. Like I, a lot of people are talking shit about, you know, the two, I just meant jungle cruise and snake eyes. And i like, Oh, it sucks. And I'm like, dude, if you saw the trailer for snake eyes and or jungle cruise, went to it and expected it to be anything other than what you got or any better than what you got. Then you're the idiot, you know what I mean? And that's how I feel about heavy metal 2000. It's like it's like anybody who's going to criticize that. It's like, come on, you saw the you saw the cover, you, you know what I mean? Like like you know what yeah. you're in for.
0: I I gotta say, you really got you really got me wanting to catch Snake Eyes before it leaves theaters because I was so in on that trailer. But everybody hates it except for you, Joe.
1: Well, look, there was something about the trailer <laughs> that like like every now and then this happens where like something just kind of catches your eye. You know what i mean we're like especially like you know i I, i've i've worked on so many of these movies being out here in la and i've i've had to sit through so many you you start to kind of pick up on the little like glimpses of like hey wait a minute you know like that's not Mm -hmm. quite what they're selling me and then when i found out that the guy who made this made ripd which i really liked like i was like yeah yes it's men in black meets ghostbusters is that a Mm -hmm. problem um (laughs) you know I was like, I'm I'm going to check this movie out. And my mom and I were going to go see it. But then last minute she chickened out. It's was like, let's go see Green Knight instead. And I was like, okay, mom. And we walked out of that an hour into it. And then the next day after she had flown back home, I went and saw Snake Eyes on my own. And I was like, see, I told you, mom. Because um, look, it's just a, I wouldn't even call it paint by numbers because there's actually a couple really good twists. That's what mm-hmm. I'll say about it. Is that like, I liked what it had to say, even though it wasn't necessarily saying anything new. But I liked where it's morals and it's you know lied it had a couple of fun twists that I really enjoyed and it was competently made and the action sequences that everybody's criticizing I actually thought were kind of brilliant because yes they are handheld but it's not the Jason Bourne handheld that you're thinking like Mm -hmm. these are choreographed like a John Wick fight like in the way that they're cut but they're shot handheld so like the John Wick, we we we're so attuned to it now because everybody's doing that kind of action yeah. that like we we know what to expect in these sequences. We kind of know the rhythm of these sequences now. But adding this kind of handheld element to the to that rhythm really kind of threw you for a loop and created some really great surprises for me. And like it, this is it's a sad sad state of cinema where like in fucking August Snake Eyes is in my top five. Let alone <laughs> top 20. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that Snake Eyes is amazing, but Snake Eyes is one of the few times, and by few, I mean two and a half times that I've gone to a movie this summer or this year and just been like, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Mm. What was the half to? Uh, well, I mean, Godzilla. Okay. But like, here's the thing is that that second half was so good that it's uh-huh. a full meal. I mean, that. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I talked about was. that on our episode that, like, yeah i also do want to say that it's really funny that like i said on that the last episode that i did two big blockbusters in a row which was really surprising and like the next one better cost less than a million and i think we did it i I'm, think we did it yeah, yeah. absolutely there's, there's no way that this movie cost more than a billion dollars
0: <laughs> oh that's a good note to i uh, ended on joe why don't you tell people where they could find uh you and uh, what you're up to
1: uh hopefully in vegas soon for a screening. Um, yeah, uh, my company is Blue Means Pregnant Films, and if you go to bluemeanspregnantfilms.com, you can watch all of our features and shorts for free. They're just there for you to watch. I also have, like, little making-up. It's the whole the whole journey, cinematic journey, I and my team and family and friends have been on for the last 16 years are on this, on this uh, website. And we just completed our newest film, and we premiered it, Natasha Hall. We premiered it on the same street that Danzig premiered uh, Death Riders. Nice. um a couple of weeks ago and uh it was really it was our biggest turnout yet got some great feedback about the movie and uh we're gonna hopefully have a screening in vegas sometime soon and then a couple other places that where we have friends and family um throughout the second half of the year so
0: awesome well uh joe thank you again for being here for the 200th episode of piecing it together and uh, i look forward as always to getting you back on the show again sometime
1: Beyond honored. See it for the next Rebecca Hall, Lady Gaga, and or Ben Affleck movie. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From the Infectious Infectious Groove Podcast. Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there but we always have fun with it oh, i'm sure i'll say something dumb subscribe to the infectious groove podcast part of the odd pods media network
0: all right so i hope you enjoyed that conversation about death rider in the house of vampires from glenn danzig what a movie you guys gotta see it uh it's it's out now in theaters uh, as joe pointed out danzig was very particular about this being a theatrical release which is amazing uh i do love that although now maybe is not quite the time, especially for a movie like this. But anyway, uh, yeah, check it out when you do get a chance to see it. It's ridiculous. And uh, thank you to Joe for joining me for that episode. And again, this is episode 200. Thank you to everyone who has been listening all this time, to all the new listeners. Thank you so much for being there. Make sure to go back and check out some of the other episodes on movies that you've seen before so we could deep dive into the movies that may have inspired him. So uh, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening right now. You could subscribe there or check us out on any of the major podcast apps. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Good Pods. And we really appreciate your feedback, especially the five-star reviews. But any kind of feedback, uh, I really appreciate seeing. So please do that. And also follow us on social media at piecing Pod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. We also have a Produced by David Rose and Patreon with content from Piecing It Together, awesome movie year, and from my music career. Lots of great content over there, so check that out if you really love what we're doing here on the show and want to uh, throw a little support our way. So uh, let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. And I have the perfect piece of music to close this one. Uh, this is the score for a little animated film that I scored... Man, must have been 2013 or 14. This is from a long time ago. But it is this spaghetti western type of thing. Uh, it was animated, but definitely the music, I think, would fit... Uh, just as well as what Danzig put together for the music in this movie. So, hope you enjoy this piece of music. Uh, the film is called Wasteland. It's not really available to watch anywhere, although there's a clip of it in my reel on my website, by davidrosen.com. If you check out the reel of some of the things I've worked on, there's a clip in there. Uh, but, yeah, enjoy it. The piece is called Wasteland. Maybe it'll come out at some point on a compilation album that I've been mentioning that I'm going to put out one of these days. I don't know when that's going to be, but... If I ever do put that album out, this will probably end up on there. So yeah, this is called Wasteland. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming out real soon.